Peacock you can get free. You can get a free version of Peacock or you can like pay like six bucks a month and watch the office and whatever they offer. I don't know. Oh, okay. They have a lot of stuff for free, like this movie. And well, fuck, and I paid for Mama it. Mama Mia. Oh, Nelly paid for this movie. <laughs> Nelly is paying into the patriarchy. Cancel her. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens, our podcast where we analyze different forms of pop culture through a feminist lens. I'm Nellie. And I'm Pate. Nellie got some like lip surgery, no gum surgery. Oh my God, lip surgery makes it sound like I got like my lips done. Nellie got her lips and gums done um, because the podcast is famous and it's getting through <laughs> her head. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, no no shade to people that get work done. That is simply not what happened to get me. Get it done, though, but, if you want. Um, I had to get a gum graft. That's all I will say. I'm not going to go into details. But if you hear a lisp today, that is why. Um, and also, you might just not be hearing as much of me because it's a little bit harder to talk. But the pod must go on. <laughs> and she's been working all day and... She had surgery like a few days ago, so everyone give Nelly a round of applause just for being here. Also, as we know, I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, so just hold me in your prayers, y'all. Your girl's Oh my anxious. gosh, she's <laughs> so dramatic. As I am dramatic. someone who feels, you know, for, as someone who has been having to... Um, what's the word not be on the defense but as someone who has like been trying to argue for vaccines Mm -hmm. with people in my life that I'm close with nowadays um I like I don't know I just feel I have a newfound respect for vaccines and the science behind it and so like I think if anything this is showing how people and scientists are having an abundance of caution for yeah. vaccines. The mm-hmm. fact that they're possibly not, they're, they're not recalling it, but they're like, we need to take a deeper look into it. Just I know. because I of a it. small ratio. I saw a TikTok. I might've sent it to you. That was like, I got the limited edition vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's was only really around funny. For like six weeks or something. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing my best not to stay worried. I am thinking of these women and especially the one who died I just yeah. am thinking of people and obviously this year has amounted to so many well now more than a year to just so many deaths um and I yeah and then just thinking about then this kind of additional factor but again ultimately like I do still believe in science and scientists and am grateful they're doing their due diligence and hopefully we'll have some more information about this going forward and hopefully it doesn't mean that all of this vaccine that's been produced goes to waste i hope that ultimately they rule that it's fine for at least some population but i worry that this has affected folks confidence in it but absolutely (laughs) but yeah Shall we go to but, our current events? Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay. 
So our first current event, um, probably most everyone has heard about it, unfortunately, uh, but we wanted to talk about the tragic and unjust killing of Dante Wright. He is a 20-year-old Black man who was fatally shot at a traffic stop in Brooklyn Center by a police officer who mistook her gun for a taser. There's no excuse for this, and Dante Wright should be alive. We want to take some time to plug some ways to support China, the mother of Dante Wright Jr. China's payment handles are MoneySignHubby98 on Cash App, China-W-1 on Venmo, and JaneYHill at Yahoo.com on PayPal. There is also an Amazon wish list to support China and hers and Dante's son. More information is on the Instagram account at HolisticHo, H-E-A-U-X. That's how they spell Ho. Yeah, and just to clarify, too, China is spelled C-H-Y-N-A. Yes, thank you, I've, of course, seen that spelling before, but I know that. Right. We are on a podcast, so you may not see this, but (laughs) we'll do our best to share this information as well. Um, You can also contribute to the cost of Dante's funeral by contributing to the Dante Wright Senior Memorial Fund on GoFundMe.com backslash F backslash Dante Wright. We also want to plug the Brooklyn Center Mutual Aid Fund at GoFundMe.com as well. Please join us in contributing in any way you can. Um, Some other current event, one other current event that we wanted to touch on um, since we did talk about The Bachelor on one of our podcasts and just like The Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise as a whole is Colton Underwood. Um, He was on a season of The Bachelorette and was dumped and then ended up being The Bachelor um, for one season. And he went on Good Morning America the other day and announced that he was gay. And this is now the first, I believe, Bachelor that has ever come out. I'm not sure about any contestants in the past, if they have come out or not. Um, I'm sure it's likely, but this is the first season lead that has ever come out as gay. And it's also, you know, it's pretty recent. I watched his whole season. It was actually the first season I watched start to finish because there was a Birmingham girl Hannah G on it and I she like we weren't friends but like I knew of her so I wanted to watch um and so I was very surprised you know I think that's great that he can now be like true and like speak his truth and live his truth um I'm sorry that it took so long for this to happen um but I, I was surprised definitely Yeah, I mean, so um, I am a pretty, I'm not like a regular Bachelor stan. I've watched a few random seasons and I did not watch his season and I don't tend to really follow the goings on of Bachelor Nation when I, like when the seasons are happening if I'm not watching them, but I feel like I'm relatively plugged into it right now just because I watched both Matt's and Claire slash Tasha's season um but I did like know at least a little bit about Colton and um the fact that he just like his misconduct but I do think that like there is a series of tweets by I found it by Brett S. Vergara 
um, that have been circulating in particular on Instagram. And I feel like it articulates something that is really, I don't know, like it, that really resonated with me. And like, I agree with what you said, Pate. Like, I definitely think I don't want anyone to be living in a way that's presenting themselves as someone they're not and not being their true authentic self. So I am like glad that he is able to come out and that this is, and I'm sad that he was having to kind of live, live without that truth, I guess. I don't want to say live a lie because I do think that people process things at their own way. And I, I do think this tweet like speaks to it. So I just want to point to it, but I think one thing that it really kind of, caused me to reflect reflective about myself was that there's a lot of like comments that say we knew or this isn't news and I do think that there's often speculation about whether or not people are gay just in general and I think whether they're celebrities or people in your life and I think it's just caused me to be self-reflective about how this is really not a positive thing and it's making even if you're like, I guess, at your core accepting, it's still not really meeting people where they are in their process if you're just saying things like we knew or this isn't news because also and it's also making it about you when like that really doesn't need to be the case. So yeah, I think it's just caused me to be like, I think there's always speculation about people's sexuality and I don't know that that is always a positive thing. I, I don't think it ever is, really. I think just taking people at their word when it comes to their sexuality in the moment and being there for them is important. Again, I know very little about this man, and I don't think that him coming out excuses any um, misconduct that he engaged in in the past, but I did just want to name that and point to um, like I said, that those were a series of tweets by Brett S. Regar. And if you want to see kind of the whole thread, it's on his Instagram of the same name. Um, yeah, so I think that's just a really interesting thing that's happened in Bachelor Nation. Um, it's an interesting conversation to have. Um, and I just hope that Colton goes to therapy because he's had a lot of years of like toxic masculinity, like first off in the spotlight, but also as a football player. Um, so I just, I just hope, you know, he has a great rest of his life and does that accordingly. Anyways, now on to the main reason we are here today. Nelly, what are we doing this week? This week, we are back on our series, Oof, That Didn't Age Well, where we watch old favorites only to discover they have not aged gracefully throughout the years. Today, we are finally watching the iconic and fan favorite chick flick, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So if you live under a rock and you don't know what How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is, let me explain that to you. I hope that wasn't mean, but like, I think everyone has watched this movie at least once. I do think this is like a classic chick flick. It was on Netflix for so long. So long. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's a movie directed by Donald Petrie. Petrie. Whatever. Starring Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. It follows a woman named Andy Anderson who attempts to figure out in 10 days the different reasons why women drive men away in relationships. The only catch is the guy she's experimenting on just so happens to be dead set on getting her to fall in love with him in 10 days in order to win a bet at work. Throughout this movie, the two are simultaneously trying to lose and win the other's affections by doing outrageous tasks. 
While this was always a favorite of mine growing up, once I learned of the cool girl trope, this movie changed for the worse. Let's dive in. So How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, I kind of did just a brief recap in the intro, but essentially, like, Andy is a 23-year-old girl. I can't even, like, this is so annoying. She's 23 and has- really? That's how old she is? Oh, wait. I really think she's supposed to be 23 in this movie. Is she not? Wait. Let's Google. How old is Andy Anderson? Maybe she's like 30. No. No, you're right. Holy fucking shit. She's 23? Why is she freaking out about her career so much? Uh, I can't. I live in my parents' house. I'm 23. Um, She also... Also, how did she already finish grad also, school? Also, she looks 26. And I'm pretty sure Kate Hudson was not 23 when she did this movie. So, look. I just don't know how she already got... When she got <clears> that's master. the whole thing that I will go on. At... Why isn't she just a little bit older? Yeah. She could be 24, Setting unrealistic expectations for us. She got a master's in journalism at Columbia at age 23 and is already working at a magazine in New York City like that doesn't happen um anyways so Andy is the how-to girl for the magazine Composure Composure is essentially like Cosmo um they write about like fashion cosmetology makeup dating things like that and Andy really wants to write about politics and then the the environment and that's great girl but she is like I want to write about things that matter because this girly stuff doesn't matter to me, which I don't understand because, like, know your audience. You got hired at this magazine and, like, if you hate it, you can hate it. But, like, why are you surprised that you can't write about environmental politics at Composure? I don't know a ton about journalism and, like, climbing the ladder within it, but this is, like, pretty top tier of the ladder, in a specific type of journalism so i don't really know why you think that like this is going to be a stepping stone to write about politics like i it just seems like whoever wrote the movie didn't know much about this slash just didn't care about like it being accurate Accurate. yep like uh, like go intern for the washington post like go to the new york times like like there are op- mm-hmm. political opportunities in New York. The fact that she feels that she needs to go to DC to do that is insane. Anyways, it's like there's then- nothing here for me. I'm like, that's not true, but also you should go if you want to. And so Andy essentially gets assigned this like role at work to write a column, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And so she like meets these women that are at an advertising firm they remember her and then so ben the main guy he were he's like competition for these women at the advertisement firm and he like sets up a meeting with his boss and these two women because he really wants to do this pitch for a diamond company and he wants to like have that and like have well i don't even know what the term is called an advertisement he wants to promote and like have the pitch for this diamond company. And so he like wagers a bet with his boss. He's like, I bet I could make a woman fall in love with me in 10 days, proving that I know like 
a lot about women. And so then I can also know a lot about selling diamonds, which like total disconnect. That doesn't matter. Um, in my opinion, I don't think like knowing women Not means the like, one thing that you can sell like. diamonds. Yeah. No. Facts. And so then in the bar, the women who Andy have met earlier see her and they're like, okay, Ben, go try and get that woman to fall in love with you in 10 days because they know that she's working on a piece where she tries to get a guy to dump her in 10 days. And they're both really hot and attractive. So like, he's like, yeah, I'll date her. And then he like goes up to her and it's Matthew McConaughey. Like if he talked to me in that like Texas accent looking like he didn't have those guy in 10 days, I would go eat lobster with him and get on his motorcycle right then and there. I don't the know The fact about that you. they just go and eat lobster is so funny to me. She's he's like 23. He's like, <laughs> Are you hungry? Starving? Leaving? Now? Okay. I'm like, well, like, what okay. If he's a murder, like girlfriend. <laughs> like, well, if he murders her, you you can eat lobster first. So, yeah, true. Um, so then it's just like, kind of like a montage of the next ten days of like her doing like really cringy things that she herself believes that women do in relationships to drive off men and that's like one of my main problems with the movie is how the stereotype of women in relationships is portrayed because it's so inaccurate and also kind of offensive mm-hmm. um and then essentially it culminates to the climax at this gala and he's wearing the iconic yellow dress I don't care if you hate this movie you cannot admit Kate Hudson does not look like a thousand bucks in that iconic number like Mm -hmm. moment of silence love it okay and so the Ben's boss goes to Andy and is like are you in love with Ben and she's like me no and he's like yeah, you are. So then he goes and tells Ben, he's like, you won, congrats. You get to do the pitch for the diamonds. So then the girls, what are they? The Judys, they're both, they both have the same name, Judy <laughs> and Judy. Yeah. They call them the Judys. Uh, that's stupid. Um, so the also, Judys. I don't know many people named Judy, but whatever. Live your truth, Judy. Literally can't either, but Judge good Judy. for you, Judys. Quine. Not to say there aren't Judys, Quine. but I just think it's funny that this is the common name where there are two of them why isn't it like the sarah's or like the emma's or like what are other common names emily's yeah ellie thinking of our roommates (laughs) (laughs) not yours or my name i'll tell you that much (laughs) okay i actually met another paint in my workout class today it was crazy um so so then the Judys are like really upset that they didn't get the pitch, which I will talk about that also. I feel like they were kind of robbed, but I'll talk about that. And so the Judys go up to Ben's friends and are like, they lie and they say, oh, Ben just won, but Andy was in it the whole time and we, we know, so we're going to go tell the boss. So then Ben's friends go to Andy and they're like, please don't, please don't tell our boss that you were in on the bed. And she's like, bet? And they're like, yeah, just like the bet where he was going to make you fall in love with him in 10 days. Just don't tell our boss that. So then Andy finds out about Ben's side of things while Ben is talking to Andy's boss. And Andy's boss is like, oh, my gosh, do you know Andy? She's like got this poor guy she's been dating for 10 days and has just been 
Are we talking about how dumb the boss is in this moment? Like, um, he was literally like, I'm going to go back and be with my girl. Why would she not have connected the dots? Yeah, she's That this could potentially have been. Like, she's just, like, I don't like to call people dumb, but. Why not? God, this was so dumb when they're dumb. Dumb. Um, Yeah, so Andy's boss then goes, oh, yeah, Andy's writing this article about how to lose a guy in 10 days, and she's got some poor guy, like, stringing him along, making him do the ridiculous things. Also, she named his penis Princess Sophia. Whole nother thing that I can't believe happened. Um, And so then Ben, at the same time, realizes what Andy had been doing. So they both realize that the other one was playing them for their own personal gains, but yet they're still both mad at each other, even though they essentially did the same thing to each other. They get on the stage. They drunkenly sing, you're so vain. Andy runs out, and then they have this big fight, and, and Ben goes, well, congratulations, Andy. You lost him. And Andy goes, no, I didn't lose him, Ben, because you can't lose something you never had. And um, then she walks away and then she gets this job, like you said, Nellie, in D.C., writing for like about politics. Um, well, she gets an interview. Oh, she gets an interview. OK, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Ben actually like reads the story and like understands how much like she actually liked him. Yeah, and so the then- story she says, like, I lost like the only person I ever really fell for or something like that mm-hmm. um quits her job at composure is on the way to dc for an interview and he chases her in the taxi on the motorcycle and brings the love fern that he had killed and they start dating for real and that is how to lose a guy in 10 days the end yeah when did you first watch this movie middle school i I feel like it was like late middle school, maybe early high school for me. I mean, this was made in 2003. Anyways, the reason why we're talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days today is because I think it does a lot with the cool girl trope and the character of Andy while simultaneously shaming women in relationships as we see through Andy's performativeness with the relationship she has with Ben. I mean, Ben is not a perfect character by any means, but he's never, like, pretending besides, I guess, when he's, like, really fed up with Andy and he wants to break up with her, but he keeps dating her for the sake of the bed and, like, that's awful. Um, But he's never, like, not being himself, I would argue. I feel like he's always himself, although he does, like, keep this relationship going way past the point that he would like but I never feel like he is straight up performing as another person and not trying his true authentic self granted he was lying also the entire time so um but I just think like how women are portrayed in this movie is important that we have this conversation and also I just think it's important to even watch chick flicks with a feminist lens Um, Because I've argued that Legally Blonde, in my opinion, it passes the test of if it's feminist or not. Um, And Bridesmaids, I would also argue that that passed the test of being feminist or not. So I think even chick flicks need to be like held to a certain standard. Um, And some of them I can still watch and enjoy. Like, I don't know what I've said wasn't feminist, but I still enjoy because 
it's still it's honestly hard for me to watch this movie anymore and enjoy it because of what I've learned throughout the years and the things that I've picked up in this movie yeah I can't remember when I first watched this but I feel like having rewatched it now I feel like even if I was still I I I think it was still like relatively older I wasn't like a kid when I first watched this but I do think a lot went over my head and I do think that like this is another one of those movies kind of similar to John Tucker Must Die and like even like The Devil Wears Prada and I don't know a lot of other movies that we've talked about even like 10 Things I Hate About You where it seems like it could be feminist like it has like these elements of things that like are out of surface what we we as a society understand about feminism and in this case that's oftentimes like getting the best of a man <laughs> I guess that's not necessarily the whole point of the how to lose a 10 guy a guy in 10 days but it's very much like the 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 tricky thing with this movie is just how much it does really kind of play into these tropes like you were talking about and um particularly but for both men and women kind of like the cool girl as the ideal woman for a man and then it it also kind of paints men as commitment phobic which we know to not be the case um I I know that like the take did a toxic takeaways video where it talks about how there's there's no evidence that women desire commitment more than men do. In many cases, it's more um, more so actually the case that men are looking for a committed commitment. So that's just a stereotype that has been created by movies like this. And also, I feel like chick flicks in particular romantic comedies whatever you want to call them really do continue to enforce that the message that relationships are about conflict like should be about conflict and that clear communication is like not a good thing for whatever reason which like as in the last few few weeks we've definitely broke down some more recent movies um namely moxie and i also think like to all the boys i've loved before Like, where in relationships, like, communication is prioritized and you see the ways in which both men and women alike self-advocate for themselves in relationships and how they kind of reap the benefits of that. And when they don't do it, that's when the problems arise. So for me, I am grateful that, like, that is kind of more the shift that is happening in terms of presenting relationships in particular. Really? What opened my eyes to just the idea that a lot of the movies we have been watching need to be reanalyzed was the cool girl trope and the video that the take did on it we talked about that in episode four with julia specifically about how gone girl kind of takes a cool girl trope and flips it on its head um would recommend watching the video watching and reading gone girl and listening to that episode if you have all the time in the world but the specific video that the take did mentioned or just showed clips of andy anderson when describing a cool girl and it really opened my eyes to her character and then also that kind of makes a further point into why this movie is so unrealistic and wrong 
So Andy Anderson, like I talked about, Andy, she's 23. She has a master's from Columbia in journalism. She works like she has a column in a new in a magazine um, in New York City. I don't know if I said that New York City. Going to say that again because that's almost impossible in today's standards. Um, she is beautiful. Kate Hudson, beautiful. She's tiny, so skinny, and she loves basketball and she eats meat and she would never drive off a man the way her friend Michelle does. So essentially, if all of those things pertain to you, that's fine and wonderful. But the reality is we know this woman is not real. She is a character most likely written by men and then therefore are un- an unrealistic goal for a woman to be. Like we look at Andy, I remember watching this movie as a middle schooler and thinking like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. I want to look like her. I still would love to look like Kate Hudson, but also she's a model and a movie star. Um, and I also think movies like this give girls like us unreal- unrealistic expectations to like, what is your life going to look like after college? You're not going to be living in New York and dating Matthew McConaughey and eating lobster on your first date. That would be super fun. Not going to happen. I wish it did. I wish I could date Matthew McConaughey. Also props to you if you have your master's by 23. I am currently 23. I'm old for my grade, I guess, but I'll be 22 next month. Gonna have a huge, gonna have a fun birthday. Oh, I'm 22. You just said I'm gonna be 22 next month. Oh, I'm gonna be 23 next month. That's how old I'm gonna be. Um, and then furthermore, the the whole premise of this movie is shaming women and their dating habits. And but the but the funny thing is, or not the funny thing, the crazy thing is, is no woman does all of those things. Okay, maybe I should say no women. I'm gonna retract that statement. Go back, go back. Andy pitches the idea for this story by saying, I'm going to do the things that Michelle and most women do to drive men away. And then she does all of these things that people stereotypically imagine a woman doing in a relationship. And I just think these stereotypes are so worn out and tired. Women do not do these things. And yes, this was a movie in 2003. So this idea that women are clingy and annoying and like move their stuff in on the first date, that was a new trope. But like, it did not age well. It did not last. And even then, I don't think it was appropriate. I get it was for a, a premise of this movie and it was very successful and people still love it. But the reality is women don't do that. Women don't move all their stuff in within 10 days of knowing a guy. Um, you don't name his penis Princess Sophia. And also I get like, that could have just been a way for Andy to emasculate him because men hate being emasculated. And maybe that was like the whole point was she was trying to do that to frustrate him. Um, but women just don't do that. They don't get scrapbooks of them and the guy they've been dating for 10 months made of their future children. They don't buy them rat dogs and make them all dress up. Um, but then also there were a lot of like specifically about the cool girl, Andy was subconsciously making fun of women that don't like sports 
when she goes to chick flick in the Celine Dion concert, she's like, oh, well, men hate it when women take their boyfriends to things that they're interested in. I'm like, how, how is this driving also, a man continuing away? continuing to enforce that masculinity is a very specific thing as well. And assuming that a man could never love a Celine concert. Yeah. Like, I just think it, it it's not doing justice for anyone it's not it's not helpful in the the greater cause for anyone Mm -hmm. i do think also like the whole the take talks about this as well but like his the concept of hysteria and Mm -hmm. how that was used um since like class the classical period the um classical age Mm -hmm. i don't even know classics um like the greco-roman period i believe i don't really know but it's a long-term term used to as like a catch-all for dissatisfied women and basically can like it's just the idea is that like women are behaving in a crazy and obsessive way and that like is driven by like their hormones and like that they're just obsessed with landing a man and to me it's just enforcing the stereotype and andy is I think what's so upsetting about this movie is, is it's not really the men being it, it just shows how women can be so embedded in the patriarchy that they can enforce these stereotypes that are harmful to women. And in this case, like I don't see the antagonist as being in in terms of just like the feminist movement, I don't see the antagonist as being um ben or like his buddies i see it more so as being andy and how she enforces these stereotypes and kind of sets just the the untrue expectation that women are only the only ones ever asking for commitment and that they're going to act crazy and then also encouraging women to craft themselves in a specific way that is going to be appealing to a man, one that like is sporty and eats cheeseburgers and all and being super hot. Absolutely. I think that's a really good. If point. you actually like those things, cool. But like, I just think having things be created for the benefit of a man is not healthy. Yeah. And I feel like when we watch this movie as kids we were so impressionable and I remember watching it and being like okay so in order to be a hot and cool girl I have to not like Celine Dion and chick flicks and I have to like meat and bacon on my burgers and sports and it's it's teaching women like you just said that enjoying what they enjoy if it's stereotypically feminine is going to turn a man away which first off, do that anyways, because we're not going to live our life according to men. But second off, I think if like a, like a good like guy is going to date you, he's not going to be turned off because you want to go to a Celine Dion concert. If anything, if it's a healthy relationship, um, he'll be like, okay, go ahead. Or, okay, I'll go with you. Like, that's what a healthy relationship looks like. Um, okay, so the movie essentially ends I know I gave a brief recap but it ends um with Andy publishing the article and her boss says this is really good I can't wait for this to go on press you can now write about anything you want and Andy's like wow okay 
I can write about politics and the environment. And she's like, no, you can write about, you don't have to do be the how-to girl anymore, but you have to still talk about fashion, makeup, womanhood, whatever. And Andy's like, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm quitting. And so she quits and she gets an interview for something else in DC and is moving there. And then Ben reads article figures out that Andy's actually in love with him for real, for real. And he chases her down on his motorcycle in the middle of New York traffic. And he says that he loves her and then they smooch and then she doesn't move to Washington, D.C. And that's literally how the movie ends on like the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, So Nellie, what are your thoughts on the movie's ending? Do you think it was fitting for the movie? And just like, what do you think? Um, I have a few thoughts. One, okay, one, and I don't even know if I really thought about this until I heard you recap it just now. But I think now we know that you can, like, be political in any context, especially when talking about things that are relative to pop culture or to, um, I just think women in particular, like, I think there's a way to still be political and talk about, like, the intersection of identity and religion while also still writing for this magazine. I recognize that that wouldn't have necessarily been the case in 2003. And it seems like her boss was not going to ever really go for it, but I think she could have like worked the system a little bit to kind of, to kind of um, make that happen. So that's one thing, again, that's not my main concern, but I just wanted to name that. Well, another thing too, is that the article itself that she writes is completely unethical and it definitely doesn't, in my mind, like, it's not going to set her up for success for what she's considering to be quote unquote real journalism. So that's just one thing I'm like, okay, well, if you want to at some point be moving to kind of more politics and things like that, if people know that you went to this extent to write an article in a way that just is not how things are done, like, are you going to be taken seriously? I don't know. But then also she just in the end literally doesn't get what she wants. She basically is like about to go. He like, well, she's already left. Then they like pull over on the bridge and she's like, there's nothing here for me, basically. And he's like, you know, that's not true. And she's like, you're right. And then they kiss. Wow. And I'm like, well, wait. I'm like, well, wait, but if she doesn't go to her interview and she claims that there's nothing here for her in terms of her job, but, like, it seems like her career has been driving this entire plot, then what is going on? She's not getting any, there's no resolution in this particular thing. So, yeah. And then I just think, like, also uh, on Michelle, her friend, she also like doesn't like take time for herself or grow at all in the end that like she just changed who she was to be more appealing for a man um and or this man also decides he likes that she's a little bit crazy i don't really totally feel like i have a resolution with that plot either even if it's a side plot but the ending particularly with andy and ben is just like infuriating and to me i'm like okay it's nice to like have someone be able to put aside your crazy and like love you for who you are that is a positive message but the message should not be i'm gonna like completely throw away my career for a man but also there are solutions to her problem like she definitely can have both like i want to name that like i feel like sometimes when we talk about things it's like either or 
and that's how it is presented in this movie but like it really doesn't need to be either or she can have both there are political journalism jobs in new york city there are lots the new yorker for example or the new york times again new york post ones without new york in it the new yorker did you already say that yep (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so yeah the ending i just feel like it's a fitting ending for the movie because the movie is a hot mess and the end is a hot mess and they're meant to be and i think it's also like a good point that the take video makes that like they're both liars and they just spend the whole movie lying to each other but since they're like both hot we're like yeah end up together i mean maybe they are meant to be if they're both gonna lie to each other throughout their 10-day relationship and then somehow fall in love Problematic. i don't think they'd make it yeah i don't think so either i don't think they've made it to 2021 as a couple well i mean if we're thinking about fictional characters andy is perfect besides the fact that she's a liar since she's the cool girl and matthew mcconaughey is a cool boy so maybe they would be like happy together and ignorant she's gonna be resentful of him though if she doesn't have a career you think Mm -hmm. or whether she's just like a cool girl who then becomes a cool mom cool stay-at-home mom i still just think in the end she'll be resentful I just think I think so poorly of Andy that I'm just like not cheering for her. Maybe it's because I'm jealous, but maybe it's because I just have beef <laughs> with the cool girl trope. And so yeah. I just like don't like her character. Um, something I also think was really interesting and I never noticed until watching it for this podcast was the idea that Ben invited himself to his boss's pitch because he was like, I want to do this pitch for the diamonds. First off, he is taking away this opportunity for the women in his um, agency to do this. He says, it was my idea to do the pitch, so I should do it, Um, which, yeah, I get that. And then also, I do think it was kind of sexist that the boss was like, oh, the women know luxury, so they should do diamonds and boys know sports, so they should do sports and beer like that's sexist like you should honestly give it to the person who wants it and would do the best job um but also I don't like how the movie essentially vilifies these two women that were just trying to get ahead in their career just like Ben was doing Ben was going to you know harm this girl in this relationship to up his career but like we're rooting for him but we hate the two Judys because they were also trying to you know one up their spots in their career so yeah i just i I wish i had developed to them more as villains because i feel like i didn't even get to know them very much yeah they were hot i didn't know them enough to dislike them or think we didn't even know their names i did not know their names no i straight up judy and judy they they couldn't even give them two names they had to give them one name that's how underdeveloped they are literally they were like people are gonna figure out the other person's name they're both judy I want to see. Oh, I was watching YouTube clips of this movie, and one of the YouTube comments when Andy is like at boys' night and like making Ben blow his nose and giving them vegetables, this girl commented. It got like a thousand likes, and it just makes my blood boil. She said, "I'm a girl, and even I have anxiety for him for the stuff she puts him through." LOL. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, 
the cool girl trope has gotten to us like this is an exact example of like a girl being like even I a woman who is like it's in my blood to be the psycho feel bad for him and it's like no that's the lie that they want you to believe literally Literally. It's the patriarchy. It's the embedded. patriarchy in you. Ooh, take a deep On breath. that note, is it feminist? <laughs> I literally could not argue that it is. Did we even point out any? We tried to like find at least. I think one the point. only positive thing in the take says this as well is just it is nice to find someone who loves you that is willing to look to like in despite of your flaws. That is the only remotely positive thing we could say. I would say that wasn't even in the whole movie because, like, they lied the whole time. So it's not even they're overlooking flaws. They're overlooking. I think they're overlooking the fact that they lied. I, I would not even say that's a flaw. That's just. But I still a don't even think that that's a very lie. positive message. I just don't think you really want to do that anyway. But yeah, it enforces the cool girl trope, the kind of crazy girl trope. The like cold-hearted boss lady trope that I think comes out in both the villains and the boss at the at the at composure, and then also just the trope that men are don't want commitment and are flaky and flighty. or they want commitment if you're hot enough. Like yeah. The- oh my gosh, this is sorry. I do want to talk about this. Yeah. Why? And I've said this before. If someone says, like, if someone is giving off the vibe that they are not interested, we just should take that at face value. Like, we should not see things as a challenge. But with both men and women, I think women do it. And this is very heteronormative, the way I'm speaking about this. I want to name that. But with men, we're like, women are like, ooh, I like a challenge. Like, either I can, like, change a character trope or a characteristic in him that I don't like. Mm. Or... I can make him commit. He doesn't Mm -hmm. like to commit and I can make him commit. And then with women, the same thing is done where if women are saying no, then Mm -hmm. we talked about it with John Tucker must die. I'm like, if someone says no, just stop trying. No means no. That's also like a huge reason why I think so many people get hurt today when they're like trying to have a casual relationship and they like someone makes it clear like these are my intentions I don't want to date you man or woman and then the other person is like yeah me too but then they catch feels it's like okay I understand that you started to like them but also they made it clear their intentions I think if they don't make their intentions clear that's on them and they are to blame for not being like upfront, being like hey I don't want to date you because then I think you're leading someone on yeah um, I'm trying to think if there was anything feminist about this movie. Um, I mean, Andy's friendship is cute with her friends that are women. Yeah, but she's also completely bashing her friend this entire yeah. movie and the way yeah. that she behaves. So yeah, I liked Michelle the best. Yeah, I liked Michelle. I thought she was totally well behaved. Yeah, she caught feelings very early. But now that I know she's fucking 23, I'm like, yeah. These are like her first relationships, probably. It I makes sense. It makes sense. Um, well, anyway, yeah, I agree. No, it's not feminist. I got nothing good to say. No, good movie, feminist. though. I will watch it. That dress. If I could rock that yellow dress, I would. Get one now. I don't like, I don't have like the back for it. 
That's mm-hmm. not my favorite quality about myself. I have a short torso. So I just feel like that would not fit me well. And that's okay. I'm still hot. Um, yeah. I just don't think that dress would be, I think that dress would be ill-fitting on me. Mm. It's not really, well, I guess it's kind of back in now, that style dress. It wasn't mm. in for a period of time, but I feel like it's kind of back in. Yes, because it's still got that 90s, like, mm-hmm. you know. Anyways, you got a quote for us? Um, yeah, I just like this quote. I don't know if anything else came up when you were watching this movie. Um, but so Andy and Ben are on their first date and she's trying to feel him out. Like, is he going to be the guy that I date for 10 days and make him wish um, he were dead? And she asks him, true or false? All is fair in love and war. And he says, true. And she says, great answer. And he says, good question. You cannot deny the sexual chemistry tension. Yes. The tension, the chemistry they had. They had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's maybe one of the pluses I'll give. That's not feminist, but they had great <laughs> chemistry. Does play <sighs> to the plot, though. But yeah, I just like feel like I cannot watch this movie now and enjoy it, unfortunately. And, you know, I guess that's the price when like you educate yourself. Some things just can't be enjoyable. I never, well, we might talk about this, so I don't want to add it. I was going to say I never watched Grease as a kid. I only watched it after oh God, I was I in college. As a kid. I watched like I, I watched it after my freshman or sophomore year of college. I couldn't finish it. It was so terrible. It used to be my favorite movie. We probably should talk about it. I feel like we should talk about it. It's stay tuned, y'all. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, I still think uh, Legally Blonde's good. So watch Legally Blonde instead. I think they put it back on Netflix. They did, actually. They did, yeah. And they took this off Netflix, so it's kind of funny. It's on Peacock, though. I was watching it on Peacock. I don't have Peacock. It's free. Peacock is free? Well, parts of it is free. This movie was free with 30-second ads every now and then. Yeah, but I don't have Peacock. Well, that yeah, that's free. Peacock is free? You can get a free version of Peacock. Or you can, like, pay, like, six bucks a month and watch The Office and whatever they offer. I don't know. Oh, okay. They have a lot of stuff for free, like this movie. And, well, fuck, and I paid for Mama it. Mamma Mia. Oh, Nelly paid for this movie. <laughs> Nelly is paying into the patriarchy. Cancel her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, it's not your fault. I'm My so laugh sorry. sounds I'm, so much quieter when I'm in pain. I'm sorry that I'm so funny and I made you pain. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for bearing with my lisp today and my slow talking. We love Nelly. Slower. <laughs> Stop laughing. Slower, fast talk. We love you. Loud or quiet laugh. You. We love you. I love you. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, all right, guys. This has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. Bye. Bye.